This is John. This is Danny. Welcome to Do You Know? All right, then. So, uh, what's going on? So, the Russians want to strand an American astronaut on the ISS. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. So, what do you think? I mean, it's it's getting crazy. Yeah. The Russians are, um, they're out of their minds, I think, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take my stance. I mean, first of all, they're not feeding their soldiers. Yeah. So, their soldiers are like starving <laughs> so why would you enter a conflict and you don't think about that i guess they felt like it would be over fast yeah probably the same kind of thing in space you know they don't want to take the american home because they don't want to act like they're friends because of the sanctions right but it's like does putin really run everything like the astronauts military Okay, so so lay this out for me. Are they communists or are they like capitalists? Like, what are they? I think they're communists. Okay, so they're communists. So if they're communists, then he does run everything. <laughs> I mean, listen, they. What I read yesterday was they are asking China for these meals for the soldiers. Okay. And the U.S. had a heated, um, I guess it was a seven-hour talk with China. I said heated was the term they used, telling China that if they do anything to help uh, Russia in this war in Ukraine, yeah, they're going to be very sorry. Uh, and I'm not sure if that is the right diplomacy to use with China uh, to basically tell them you better not do this or else. Right. And now I'm thinking China will send the food because it's like they have an interest like we talked about in the other shows in Taiwan. Yeah. So why not now call the bluff? Go, okay, you're going to do something to us? They're holding the biggest bond for Russia in their currency. Yeah. So that's why Putin has said he doesn't care about the sanctions because he'll cash in the bond in China. Yeah. And they'll have plenty of money. Right. So uh, I'm worried that now you have China and Russia, which they already kind of sworn alliance to each other kind of like survivor they've already kind of made an alliance yeah. but what is interesting is india has made an alliance with russia really so russia has been giving india oil even though there's sanctions at a discounted rate uh. so india now has some financial alliance with russia doesn't necessarily mean they're going to send in their troops but they are on the payroll Okay. So now you have India, who happens to have the biggest army in the world that we talked about, one million fighters. Right. You have China that has, we'll say they have advanced technology, it's just sometimes it fails or malfunctions. Right. But they have, they have, like, it looks like it, but you don't know really what you're going to get. Like, they'll have the warheads and everything in the jets, but yeah. you just don't know if, like, they'll just crash into the ocean or if they'll actually detonate. Because right. China is good at, um, they're good at making things look like they're for real. Right. Like they can make those candy bars. Remember they were making these candy bars and then the milk they were using was actually like rat poison. So like people <laughs> were dying from the candy bars. Yeah. But they look like real candy bars. Right. Or like baby formula. Yeah. It was like, oh, it's not quite baby formula. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, they just um they just don't seem to be able to make uh, like they make everything. Like everything's made in China, but like it's always like poor quality. Well, I I'm, guess they just don't have like good like um 
It's the inside's not good. It's the outside looks great. Like they'll make a, it looks identical. They'll make a, like a Ferrari. Right. But then you'll open the hood and you'll be like, why is there a lawnmower engine in here? Right. But it's like, it looks like a Ferrari. Yeah. I think they're just good at copying the outside aesthetics of things. And yeah. It's just the internal circuitry. They try to copy it, but they don't actually have the same parts. Yeah. So they're just throwing in like things that are like it. They're good at putting like similar transistors similar wiring right you know but it's like oops catches on fire because it's like the wrong voltage oops <laughs> sorry but it looked like it would work right yeah so that's what's scary about them making rockets that it could um explode <laughs> right i mean we just had a rocket i'm not saying it was made in china that crashed into the moon yeah you know yeah so i don't know i'm curious if like if that was the one rocket that had like Chinese parts in it. Right. It would right. be just like, it'd be an anomaly, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, so you have this conflict. You have, you have a hundred, like hungry soldiers who are breaking into grocery stores. You know, the thing is with hunger, I'll tell you, you lose compassion even more. So I was watching a video where there was a Russian convoy. And Ukraine soldiers surprised them with these anti-tank um, handheld missiles. And they absolutely annihilated this tank in the convoy, like the lead tank. Mm. And you see like three Russian soldiers who got blown up or like on the ground. And then you see one is like hurt and two are running to the field. They like don't even pick the guy up who's hurt. Wow. They just like keep running. So it was like, wait, when I saw that, I was like, that is, that is like how they're trained. They're trained just to be like, you do what you need to do. You're hungry, break into a store. You need to do what you need to do to survive. Right. They're not like comrades. Like in America, it's like, they would be like boys. You know what I mean? It would be like, I have this picture that they wouldn't leave that soldier on the ground. Those two would have tried to pick him up. Yeah, don't leave anyone behind. But in Russia, they're like, Hey, leave him behind. Let's go. And they didn't even try to get that guy. Yeah. So it just spoke a lot to me, that, that short video. It just kind of told me a little bit about the mind state of those soldiers. That they're not about necessarily saving people. And then when they killed the, the journalist, okay? So I guess it was him and his brother. This guy's like a world-renowned journalist. You know, he's been to hundreds of countries, all kinds of conflicts. So he's shooting um, about the immigrants that are coming out of Ukraine. Yeah. And they go past a checkpoint, Russian checkpoint, and the soldiers fire at them. So they turn around to come back to the checkpoint saying, like, we didn't mean to pass the checkpoint. Yeah. And when they stopped at the checkpoint, they shot them in the vehicle. Oh. They shot him in the neck. They shot his brother. Brother went to the hospital. He died. And I think... I'm saying I think it had to do with hunger because when you're hungry and you're kind of disoriented, you have low patience, you know what I mean? So like they already felt disrespected. You blew by our checkpoint. They already fired a few warning shots. You came back. They don't probably really speak English. You know what I'm saying? They have a translator. Yeah. They were like, you know what? It's going to shoot you guys. That's it. We're hungry. <laughs> we don't got time for this crap. And that's what I feel like happened. Like when I heard the brother telling his story, you know, it was hard to understand. He was basically saying, you know, they're the victim. They turned around. They were saying they're sorry. Russian troops, you know, didn't have it. They just shot him. 
Yeah. Could it be that um, they're just not experienced in war to know how to transport food over long distances? I mean, you know, maybe like they weren't... I mean, it could be that they didn't plan on such a long-term engagement, but it could also be that they just didn't have the brain pan or the knowledge on how to do logistics. Well, yeah, they didn't even have enough gas. Yeah. So a lot of the vehicles were running out of gas. Yeah, so I think they just kind of, like you said, I think they were thinking, we're just going to walk in there, bring our troops and our jets and our stuff, and Ukraine's going to surrender by nightfall. Right. They weren't like, oh, man, this thing might go on for a month or two months or three months or ten months. And now they're like, we don't even have supplies for ten months. Right. For this. Because it's like, it's a day-to-day operation. It's like, you need to constantly feed people. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. You need to constantly put gas. You know what I'm saying? It was like, so they don't have it. So now they're asking other countries to get involved. Yeah. That, to me, is nuts. You're, you're, because first they're saying, don't anyone get involved or we're going to destroy you. You know what I mean? Like, you'll see the pain you've never seen before. You know, the the old line. But now they're calling out people. It reminds me of like if you're with your friend at a bar and uh, your friend gets in an argument with somebody and they're like, you know what? We're going to take this outside. Yeah. So you go outside. They're having the argument. And then let's say a punch is thrown and a friend of the other person kind of gets involved. You under obligation have to get involved now and take take down the friend. Right. You know what I'm saying? It turns into this like two on two. Even though it was supposed to just be one-on-one. Right. So it's like I'm getting, I'm kind of getting that sense that Russia is trying to make this into like, well, now it's two-on-two. So if we bring in China or we bring in someone else, we're going to force the U.S. to come in. And I feel like our government, this is going to sound crazy, wants to be in a war. Really? They're doing everything possible, in my opinion, to get into a war. So... They're basically taking this position of like, we don't want to fight, but we're going to send all our troops, like uh, thousands of troops to Germany, thousands of troops to Poland. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't want to be in a conflict, but now there's evidence that we have um, labs in Ukraine Hmm. that have biological weapons. Okay. So this came out about a week ago and... Now I'm kind of understanding why Russia's in there. Would you want biological weapons that are controlled by NATO and the United States right next to your country? But do you go about it this way? Like having a war and not letting the uh, civilians escape? What I mean is there's so many different tangents, but it's like, remember when we were having this election for Biden? Yeah. And Trump and everyone was talking about Biden's son. Yeah. And his dealings with the Ukraine. Yeah. How ironic is it that now there's dealings with Ukraine and our president has a son who was under investigation for dealings with the Ukraine? Hmm. And even wasn't his laptop Russian? Uh. I mean, I'm just like, we can't, we can't forget the, the narrative, the false narrative that the Democrats had said is false narrative, this can't be real. 
but like without being biased or saying I'm left, I'm right. I'm just saying that there was even a discussion about the president's son and the Ukraine and him holding a Russian laptop. Yeah. To now be in a conflict, a war in Ukraine from Russia. Right. It's like ding, 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 ding. Like, I mean, all the numbers are hidden, I feel like, at this point. <laughs> and then to have a lab of, like, a U.S.-grown lab of weapons that now we're, like, I feel like we're trying to now get involved in the war to cover up the lab. I see. It's crazy. Yeah. The whole thing, it's nuts. I mean, what are we going to do if China really gets involved? And, like, uh, I think yesterday or the day before... Russia had bombed the far west of Ukraine, closest to Poland. Right. And if, from uh, what the U.S. is saying, if one of those bombs made a mistake and went one inch over the line into Poland, we would have had to join the conflict. Right, because they're like allies. Right, so I'm saying, we're talking about, you know, whatever they said, 20, I want to say 20 miles, but it may have been even 20 kilometers, which is like, you know. Now I feel like we're talking about feet. Right. You know? So it starts getting real tiny. Yeah. You, know, you bring up the kilometers. So why wouldn't Russia, you know what I'm saying? Like, why, why wouldn't there just be an accident? A mistake? Like, oops. Like, they're saying now Americans, we have a convoy, I guess, um, they're saying it was for training exercises going through Las Vegas yesterday. There was a bunch of pictures of tanks on trains, mm. like thousands of tanks. And there's talk of a convoy that's going to be going to the Ukraine to be giving them weapons. But it won't be from necessarily the U.S., right? it be someone else, but through the U.S., maybe giving the weapons to someone else to give to them. Mm. And Russia said that now that will be a target. That convoy of weapons yeah. will be a target. I see. So under our, you know, our treaty or whatever it is, if they attack that convoy and there's U.S. soldiers, NATO soldiers in there... Yeah. Doesn't that constitute an act of war? Yeah, unless... Um, yeah, unless we have, like, a ceasefire situation where we're, you know, going to take certain casualties, I think it would be, yeah. Yeah, and so Russia's saying that if you now even give them weapons or whatever... Yeah. You're, that's the same as you joining this now. What about these MiGs that... Um, uh, what's his name? The the senator wants to give up. I think there was like some planes mm -hmm. that America wants to give the Ukraine. Yeah. Um, what 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 do you think about that? I mean, I think we should be allowed to give weapons because it's a business. It's like we're sending them the planes and someone's paying for them. Right. So it's like at time of war, why can't we make a little money? Right. So it's like now we can't make money. So that part I don't understand. Like war has always been a time to sell weapons. Because you right. have these stockpiles of weapons for years and years and years. Yeah. And then the new stuff comes out. But you still got all the old stuff. Yeah. So we're trying to get rid of the old stuff. We're not trying to give like the new fighters. We're trying to give the outdated ones. Yeah. Try to give them the fighters from the 90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? From the, the ones that start up, but on the second, you know, you got to push the button twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. We're not giving them the stealth, the new one. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy because you have someone 
who's threatening nuclear holocaust. And only nine countries have nuclear weapons in this world. Yeah. So, why not? Like, I'm kind of with one of the uh, retired generals had suggested that we activate our ballistic submarines Mm. and send them out there. Just to show an escalation in nuclear readiness. Like, why not really start making this thing interesting? Everyone start lighting the Make candles. Make it interesting. Just start lighting the candles on the cake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't got to light them all, but just light that first one. Light the first one. And you're one. like, okay, we might blow it out. Well, because the problem is, like, you know, some things you can play with, but like... I mean, just looking at COVID, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, one incident from Wuhan affected the entire world. So one ballistic submarine could affect the entire world. That's what I'm, that's the problem. That's true. You know, like you don't know how far reaching one decision can be. That's the issue. That's war games, you know? And that's why like even North Korea, they just tested another missile so what i think they're doing is they're showing russia yeah we have the capability to hit the west coast yeah and i think they're asking russia on the private line what do you want to do yeah because they don't care what what does north korea care about well that's interesting (laughs) because you know they're such a small country i i wonder often um, you know, why don't they release, you know, like some of these leaders, you know, um, I wonder why they don't release nuclear weapons. And I, and I figure they must be sane in some way, like they don't want to be mass murderers, mm-hmm. you know, they must have some sense of um, ethics or morality. He's killed his whole family. <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying? They must have some sense of not wanting to murder millions of people. Well, and, they don't want all the Korean people in North Korea to be destroyed. I think that's what it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or, or, or themselves. They must have some self-preservation yeah. or, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Well, but, they're a niche group. Yeah. You, know, you think about North and South Korea... I mean, it's like a tiny group of people. Yeah. So, yeah. So that would be, you know, it would be devastating for them. Just because we're so ready because of the conflict with Korea. Yeah. We're so ready to nuke them. Like, I'm saying if you want to know where at least like 20 of our warheads are pointed, is definitely right, right at them. But the other, you know, 900 are pointed at Russia. Right. And that's the conflict because now you get, you know, China involved. Well, we can't, I don't even think we can, uh, we'll be able to hit China. Who knows? We'd have to send, get more subs. We have to start building more subs. I mean, I don't even think we could take on this many countries. You cannot take on Russia, China, and India. We have like, what is it, like 4,000 warheads? There's no way we could take on... Russia, China, and India. No, because we're not going to be bombing, like, farmland. You know what I mean? Like, there's not that many cities in the world. So, while you're considering the size of the countries, 
as huge. I mean, we're talking about like huge countries. They don't actually have that many cities that are worth bombing. I got you. You're talking about capitals. Yeah. So we're talking about like Beijing, Moscow, you know what I mean? Like there's not. Yeah. So, you know, when you're looking at like the actual targets, you're maybe talking about like 50 or 60. Right. Yeah. Because you really just want to dismantle the government and then try to take control somehow. Right. You're not going to want to bomb like the middle of nowhere. Right. And that's most of China and Russia. And the United States. Right. It's like you're not going to bomb Kansas and Utah. Right. Going New York, LA, Florida, maybe. Right. Yeah. Everything pretty much off the water because that's where they'll put the sub. Right. Fire it off and then. Right back down to, uh, you know, whatever, 2,000 links under the sea or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's like most of it is just farmland. Yeah. So, yeah, so, it, I mean, it looks like we're headed in that trajectory to actually have a nuclear war in our lifetime. Right. I mean, who would have thought? Yeah. I mean, we get through the pandemic <laughs> and then freaking nuclear war, baby. Right. I can't believe it. It's like, it's almost like we, as a society, jumped into a movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it it went from just, like, normal, just like, you know, everyone wanted to get rich and TikTok famous and all this stuff, you know, to like, what's happening at the Oscars? Are they, you know, being uh, insensitive, you know, kind of stuff. Right. And it was all about, like, you know, don't say the wrong things, right? And then all the, then sickness. Hey, everyone's sick. Go, go home. Go to your house. Right. And don't say anything. Put your mask on and we'll talk to you in two years. You come out, you see the new light, you go in the grocery store without a mask now. It's like you don't have to wear it, but like there's a stigma in certain areas. Like if you still don't wear it. Yeah. Like for example, I went to the Asian market. Yeah. If you don't wear a mask in the Asian market, you get a lot of like stink eyes. Uh, but when you go to like Gelson's or like Pavilions, if you wear the mask, it's like, you're weird. Why are you wearing a mask? Yeah. So I've noticed that. It's like, depending where you're shopping at. Right. So yeah, and then now we have to worry about the uh, the end of the world. The end of the world. End of the world. Yeah. There's like a song, remember? End of the world as, as we, we know, know it. it. So yeah, so I wonder if it really will be. Where Where would be the safest place to go in the world if it was... USA and, and allies versus Russia, China, and India. Where, where would be the safest place? You'd want to go to an island, an island country, yeah. like the Philippines or like Hawaii or, you know, because yeah. th- those places are so remote. Like Bahamas. Bahamas, you know, and they're going to basically be pretty far from the fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how much they import as far as food and water and other like essentials, but I think that's your safest bet. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And you always have the coconuts and stuff. You know, there's like, remember the, uh, yeah. when Tom Hanks, when he right. was stuck on the island, he yeah. kind of made it work with coconuts. Yeah. So I think <laughs> your best bet is like, yeah, going to an island. And Man, I, I wonder what the uh, the cost is probably skyrocketing now for property. Like it's probably like the slums, like you know, for a long time. Yeah. And now it's like, whoa! You want to buy the slum house? Like it's uh, you know five million. Yeah. Yeah, they're really probably making money. <laughs> what a turnaround! I Talk know. Talk about like, uh, 
Because, you know, a lot of people think that. I was watching a show, um, Bunkers. There was a lot of people who had invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into creating these underground bunkers that look like they're like houses. Yeah. They're wild, man. These bunkers are wild. I know, man. Yeah, these people, and they and they stockpile, like, food, and they stockpile, like, medicine. For, like, 10 years. So you yeah. can survive, like, a decade Yeah, in the ground. The problem is, if it does come to nuclear war, someone's going to take your bunker from you. You know what I mean? If they can get in. Well, I mean, I've, I've watched the videos or, or the, the TV shows. They don't look that safe. Now, maybe they're, they're not showing all the security because they, they don't want to um, spoil the surprise. <laughs> so maybe all the locks are not there for the TV the show. The bot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the security cameras and everything. But it looks like they just have like a, a shutter or like a, a, a door with a lock on it. But I mean, if people are roaming the countryside with shotguns, it would seem that, you know, and you're just stockpiling a ton of food. <laughs> yeah, you're a target. You're a target. And, you yeah. know, people have nothing to lose. <laughs> Zero. There's nothing you can call the police. Right. You're not going. It's, well, that, what I'm saying is if we do get to that world, I wonder, will anybody really know how to survive? Like, remember during the riots? You know, everyone was, like, so scared because, like, the police weren't coming to house calls anymore. Right. They're too busy. So they were worried that the rioters would just start, you know, kicking in everyone's door and ransacking their belongings. Right. So what would happen? Well, that was happening during the BLM situation. Yeah, during the riots, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I mean is, and that was just like a little taste. Yeah. And imagine if it was really nuclear depletion. Yeah. And now you just have these uh, gangs. And we're talk- well, when I say gangs, let's just say they survived the fallout. We're talking about a gang of like 30,000 people. Yeah. It's not like a gang of five guys. Right. It's like 30,000 people will be rolling together from a city trying to get survival, you know, trying to get belongings. Right. It'll be, um, yeah, it'll be chaos. I mean, you know. So, yeah. So, I guess what, what everyone should do is they should uh, get weapons. <laughs> Now's the time. Like, if you're going to get weapons, now I think is the time. Like, if you've been on the fence, you've been like, maybe I should get a weapon, maybe I shouldn't. I think now is about the time you should. Now's the time you should. I, I think so. But do you think that America is going to collapse? I mean, in other words, if if you're saying that it's America and allies versus Russia and allies, would America collapse on itself? Well, I think once you make the money of our country worth nothing. Oh, I see. So, like, we already are seeing, like, gas, you know, at, let's just pretend gas kept inflating at this rate, right? Right. So, we get to, like, $30 a gallon by, by December. I see. So, all of a sudden, if you're paying $30 a gallon, well, if you're going to have a truck of groceries go to the grocery store, you can't sell, like, a head of lettuce for $2. You got to sell it for, like, $9. Right. So, now, all of a sudden, it's like everyone needs a lot of money. To get bare essentials. So one thing that war does do, especially a world war, is it re-regulates the money. It goes, we, like let's say U.S. had a world war and we won. And we are now like the power of the world again. Yeah. Well now all of a sudden our money's worth more. 
because we have now controlled the market. So that is one way to fix our economy is by going to war. I see. Yeah. So that's something to consider because when, when we look at inflation and, and our president says the reason we have inflation is because of Russia. Yeah. But I think that isn't true. Okay. Because the conflict hasn't been going on for years. Right. We've been seeing inflation steadily rise. So I think it's just been because of our spending habits. We keep spending trillions of dollars, but we're not accountable for how we're going to repay it. So if you keep writing checks and you're sending everyone money and you're doing all these things, you're not going to be able to, you know, you know, do anything when you have those checks. Right. You think about it. Right. So it's important to consider that when we're looking at moving forward with the economy. Yeah. The U.S. needs to stop spending money. Like we just spent another 1.3 roughly trillion dollars. And you know what it was for? To what? pay the government. Yeah. To pay ourselves. They wrote a check to pay themselves. Yeah. It's insane. A trillion dollars. And then they go, well, 400 billion of it or so we'll send to the Ukraine. What are they going to do with $400 billion in Kiviv? Yeah. It's all rumble. It's like rubble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I'm just saying, let's say they got a truck, uh, armored truck shows up, $400 billion. Yeah. Here you go, Kiviv. Kiviv, whatever, however you say it. What, what are they even going to do with the money? They have no grocery stores. They have no infrastructure. It's like the maternity wards are, are destroyed. Pregnant yeah. women are getting killed. Babies are dying. And it's like, eh, we'll send them a big check. Yeah. So that's what we need to do is I think everyone needs to really consider as we move forward what to do with the way that our politicians are spending the taxpayers' money. Right. Why does it cost so much to run the government now compared to 10 years ago? Like back in 2012, it was like roughly 25% cheaper to run the government. Mm. It's like the government has grown in these crazy exponents. You know what I mean? It's like we keep developing more government, bigger, as they call it, big brother. Yeah. But what does it mean for the people on our end of the spectrum, the middle-class workers, uh, people who are just trying to have a family, people who are just trying to get by? And it's like, we're getting dragged into this whole mess. Hmm. So do you have any suggestion on how we could fix it? Can we fix it by just voting in a new president? Would that change anything? <clears throat> well, a new president. Well, you know, it's, it, it seems to me a lot of people don't like Biden, you know? So it seems to me that a new president definitely would change a lot of people's opinion about the, the government. Because according to one study I read, oil went up 516% um, since Biden's been in office. So it's possible that another president who's a little more economically minded could change 
the outcome of things. And another president who is a little more war-minded mm-hmm. could change things. So I think the next president is definitely going to be younger and definitely going to have a little more military experience, considering the fact that at any time war could break out. You know, I think we're going to be more mindful of those kind of things. Yeah, like the next, um, you know, debate. Yeah. Someone who's talking about being war-minded is going to be very popular. Yeah. You know, something I was thinking about, and I wanted to get your opinion, John. Do you think that because there's been this huge push for electricity, do you think there's any way that our government made some kind of deal with these car manufacturers and talked them up on building, you know, green energy and electric vehicles and they wanted to make an open market, not run by a monopoly, not only Tesla, but Ford and American-made electric vehicles. Do you think there's any way that this inflation of the gas prices is because there's going to be a campaign to get everyone into an electric vehicle because the government made some kind of absurd deal with these car manufacturers and all of their inventory is electric-driven? But the American people are not buying electric vehicles at the rate that they were hoping? So, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think like Elon, well, you know, it's not just Elon Musk, but, um, you know, there's a lot of hybrids and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's the Prius and whatnot. I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible. I mean, it seems like when you look at what has happened in this first two years of this presidency, we joined the Green Deal again. Yeah. There's been some kind of agenda, okay, about the future of carbon. All of a sudden, we have this mass inventory of electric vehicles in our country, and now the gas prices are skyrocketing. I feel like the next push will be like, hey, electric energy, it's equivalent to, you know, 40 cents a gallon. Right. And there'll be this big push to get everyone in electric vehicles. One thing that has bothered me with electric vehicles is that they have a kill feature. Hmm. So, for example, a, a police officer or someone who has the jurisdiction has the power to shut the vehicle off in an electric vehicle. And that to me is standing out to why would they give electric vehicles kill switches? Well, (laughs) (laughs) saying, is it a siege? Are we getting taken over here? I feel like we're getting, there's a takeover happening and I'm like, and I don't want to be a conspiracy enthusiast. Right. Right. But I'm like, why would they put a kill switch on electric vehicles? Well, I mean, you know, it, have you seen, have you watched a chase video on TV? The last it, couple of days there's been it, a few. It takes forever. <laughs> it takes hours for them to like chase down a gas powered vehicle. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think they would just go behind and do the, the maneuver. Pit, yeah. The pit maneuver. Yeah. But it doesn't work out like that. It, it, they just go behind and they chase and, and the car is going, 
you know, 70, 90, 100 miles an hour through neighborhoods. So I could see how a kill switch would make sense because then you would shut down all the potential um, accidents or, you know, potential um, deaths that could occur in these high-speed chases. Now, these tend to only occur in cities, but still, um, if you can reduce, um, you know, any kind of fatalities, I think that that's, you know, something that's to the benefit of officers. Well, that would work in a perfect world. But in our world today, you have people who would hack that technology. Right. They would stop your car, rob you, rape you, like what I'm saying is like absolutely destroy you. Right. Like you'd be trying to get away and they would just stop your car and they assassinate you. Stop your car. So yeah. what I'm saying is why would you take away the one aspect of a car that is so important, the getaway? <laughs> I mean, the reason I have a car is so I can get out of here. And you buy a car that's a little faster case you got to go a little quicker. Right. So now it would make me nervous to be in a car knowing at any time anyone who had that kill switch. It could be a good cop. It could be a bad cop. It could be the cop's wife. It could be the brother, the cousin, the neighbor, the yeah. enemy. Anyone can just stop my car and I don't have the power to just start it. And what am I going to do? Hold my lockdown? I don't even think it works like that. Electric car, it's like probably all the doors just open, the roof flies off. <laughs> like, you know, you're sitting there yeah. trapped like a rat. Right. And they want me to invest in this? They want me to buy a car that is like a sinking boat? Yeah. I can't, I can't get behind that. I need a car that's like uh, super safe for me. Like you can't get in my vehicle. What I liked about Tesla originally... Was that like even the door handles went into the car? Right, yeah. But you know what's happening in states where they're freezing? Those door handles are freezing. Right. And they can't yeah. even get in the their own car. Is, is on the outside. <laughs> so yeah. they never come, the handles never come back out. Right. They freeze inside. Yeah. You can't even get in your car. Yeah. Oh, man. If only Tesla would have thought of that before building it. I know. Yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah. So anyway, um, we appreciate all the support and listeners, and we've been getting like some really good comments um, between people we know, um, and keep that up. Keep it coming in. I know we don't have a big infrastructure of like Twitter and all the stuff. It gets hard between the people who are on our side and the trolls, so it gets a little hard budgeting between the two groups. So we like this platform because we don't have to deal with like everyone's emotional baggage every week. Right. We can just do our show. The people who want to listen to it can. The people who want to troll can listen to it and troll to themselves. And we don't need to be in the spotlight every single week. And um, that's the reason we do it this way. But we appreciate uh, everyone who listens. And just uh, let us know what's up. Yeah. All, All right. right, man. Anything else? That's it. All right, this is Danny. This is John. We'll see you next time. Peace.